Hello and welcome back to Isolating with my therapist mum. My name's Lexi and I am the daughter. And I am Anna. I'm the therapist and the mum. And Lexi, this is the end of our third week together since you came down from New York that we've been isolating together. Um, So yeah. Yeah, (laughs) so on that note, we are diving in today on love and relationships in the time of the coronavirus. And I thought, who better? Well, before, do you know that that's a book and a film, Love in the Time of Cholera? I didn't. I don't know if that's that interesting, but thank well, okay. you for thank you for adding. <laughs> and your father told for... me, so it must be right because he's always <laughs> right on things like that. So your father. So guess who we are joined by today, Mr. Doug Balfour, Ooh. the one and only, my dad. Great. <laughs> thank husband. you very much. There you go. So you are down to working part-time, isolated and trapped in the house with not only your wife full-time, but also your daughter full-time. How's it going? How are you coping? How are you managing with two extroverts and yourself an introvert? You make it sound so attractive. (laughs) That wasn't a leading question at all. No, not at all. Uh, Well, I think probably as the house's only introvert and sane human being. Um, <laughs> I basically, uh, I'm probably doing okay with it. But That's not I've, what you said the other day. No, no, I'm doing okay <laughs> with it because I've had a lot of practice. Um, but adding an, an additional extrovert into my life certainly means that I spend more time hunting for the quiet <laughs> corner and recognising that I need space and time to sort of Mm. just quickly find a a little bit of a little corner of peace in the house Mm. yeah Yeah, we see that we see you you more and more vocalizing the retreat that is needed yeah that's what i've noticed this week you've said more and more yeah yeah. like just now you said i'm just going for a walk okay Yeah. yeah yeah no that's good yeah so okay so as we're in the theme of love and relationships i'm gonna hone in on you two as a couple because there are many couples right now um locked in together that have not spent so much time together as they are right now and having to manage that and figure out how to live as we do in our normal lives but um with just each other so and not our kind of communities or friendships or other things that give us life in our relationships so how how are you guys coping at this time obviously i'm an added bonus for you both yeah a thank bonus you so much you a won bonus. the lottery yeah. there yeah. get me in isolation a package yeah, that's a lovely deal. reframe package deal there <laughs> but yeah so how so how are you guys doing and um does do you have any other like reflections of times in your relationship that you've um yeah been in this situation so who's going to go first? Well, I mean, first of all, I think to say it's, yeah, that's a real deal, you know, for people that normally spend, I don't know, three quarters of their time outside of the house, you know, working, you know, some people with two jobs and all that type of stuff. And suddenly you're spending all this concentrated, yeah. intense time. I mean, first of all, it is a real thing. But we've actually been there and sort of done that at different parts of our lives before. So, yeah. So I was we, thinking Liberia. 
Yeah, certainly, when we were both running a project um, in the early 90s um, in Liberia. And that was, I think, one of... I think one of our strengths, and talk about our weaknesses another time, is that we talk a lot. Um, don't I know what you're going to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, not necessarily proportionally 50-50, <laughs> but you. we do together talk a lot. So, but we do talk, I mean, I, and I remember several times in our lives, many times, we've actually sat down and said, okay, we need to get some ground rules about this. Yeah. Um, so one, you know, one thing was, I remember not talking about serious issues after about eight at night because we would maybe get very heated and go to bed really angry and have a major row <laughs> so that was one thing then but also it was like deciding who was going to do what in the house um that was the cat scratching if anybody heard that we have two <laughs> other two other occupants um so yeah trying to work out who was doing what because then that took away some of the tension and we still kind of do that in fact we had a discussion this week about you doing ironing yeah cleaning yeah we just had a discussion about it we didn't I didn't actually do any yet but we had a discussion um no but I mean being clear about roles I think certainly does actually uh and renegotiating roles as life changes like suddenly we're all in living in the same place actually is kind of like really healthy just trying to negotiate uh openly that thing but I was thinking about one of probably my best examples would be when especially with the introvert extrovert thing was when I used to come home from work and you used to be uh in the house with the kids with kids. the kids Three and yep. kind of like it was all your brains getting fried and all that type of stuff and has probably never recovered um but <laughs> But okay, but I used to come in and I I had a day full of people and the last thing I wanted to do was talk. Mm. And you were looking forward to the time when another adult comes in, well, as much as an adult I am. Yeah, you can say that. Um, comes in and basically says, you know, how was your day? And you start to actually talk. And it's kind of like overwhelming to me. And all I want to do is actually sort of shut down in a dark room and lie down type thing. <laughs> Um, so, but we did, we, we, we talked about it, we negotiated it and what was the deal? Well, I think it got very heated first and then we both thought, okay, hold yeah. on, keep our kind of lids on, keep your brain in gear rather than flipping out with emotion. And once we got through that stage, which was certainly issues in our early, early life together, we actually decided that, okay, when he came in, he would spend, um, maybe 10 minutes, you know, doing stuff with the kids and then 10 but 10 minutes with me um and I would just talk and he would be very interested and he'd have to give me all the verbal signals active listening active listening that's right very good um and then he would go off then because I'd had my cup filled up then I got at least a half an hour where I could actually just kind of like and then we would regroup yeah and that worked really well Um, but although they sound really silly it's all those little things I think in a relationship it's made up of lots of little things um, and it's all those little things that need to get negotiated through like another one would be that before I you know before I leave the bedroom if I am the first one in and leaving I actually you know do the bed make the bed make the bed and not as a rule but kind of like I know that that's kind of like what I ought to do yeah. So it's thinking of the other person. Yeah. And I think that same thing to sort of ground it to now, I think I think the best 
input I can suggest based on our experience in the past is to talk about what's bugging you, which, you know, even you and I mm-hmm. and Dad have talked about that. Um, because otherwise little things that you normally would have just let go get to be big when we are together. Well, we've just now been confined to house for the next mm-hmm. month here in Northwest Florida. So people need to talk, I guess. Otherwise mm-hmm. it's just going to get... Where, where do you go in the house? I mean... Like Lexi, keep on phone, nicking your iPhone charger. Yes, case in point. <laughs> I use <laughs> it my once. Headphones, <laughs> headphones, headphones, and, and, and the headphones have, have gone extra missing. Headphones, so why not? Why not? It's the time for generosity too, you know, guys. Very true. And that actually, I mean, that's what um, Gottman, the kind of marriage guru, they of all the factors in marriage, they figured out the Gottmans that um, kindness and generosity were two key factors in a relationship. And if you were kind, which means maybe going the extra mile, maybe doing the dishwasher, maybe straightening the chairs or whatever, making the bed, um, is just kind. And being generous, which means thinking perhaps the best of the other person, which is difficult when we want to think, they've really screwed me, you know, they want the playlist their way because that happened when we were doing yoga mm-hmm. this morning or something. Um, so those two things, it's kind of very simple, actually. It's very simple, but if that other person for years on end isn't doing that, why would I be generous and kind? I might know that might work, make my marriage better, but mm. if I'm not receiving that, then why would I do that? Yeah. Well, that's where the communication bit comes in because you've got to be able to write early on in that process before you get embittered and it becomes yeah. a... Uh, a battle of wills you've got to say look this is important to me I know this seems silly to you but actually when you do this or when you say that that actually makes me feel like this Mm. very good so you've learned because you way back you know I think you might have said you made me feel and actually we've like dancing (laughs) okay okay, okay, chill 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 okay But, you know, the better way to say it is like you just said, which is when, you know, I feel this when you do that. Because you own what you feel. I've been a good student. You've been a good so student. I, so I read something the other day that helped me because I often get really confused when trying to relationally talk about how I feel. Because sometimes it doesn't always translate that way. Like, I've, as you say, I was always taught to say... Um, don't say you, say I. And then I just cross out the we and say I but then sometimes the sentence doesn't make sense (laughs) so I don't know how to say it still but I looked the other I I read something the other day that helped me and it was like why don't you just think about literally what you need instead of the word feel which obviously then you need to translate it eventually to feel why don't you think about what you need so I need what I need is to feel heard and um and if I talk about it in needs then I can translate it into how I'm feeling, which is I'm not, I'm not feeling heard. But um, I don't know if that makes any sense. But that that helped me recently to re rethink about that. Yeah. Just articulating needs, which kind of also leads me to think about love languages, which is another yeah. big um, tool that I've used even in my friendships um, and relationships in terms of um, how people receive and most prefer to give love. So 
has that come into your guys' relationship? Have you talked through love languages before or has that helped anything? As you say, sometimes you need to translate those things because yeah. we're not all the same. And in this time. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. talked. Yeah, love, <laughs> love languages. I mean, we... So let me just recap or if you can remember. So the need, um, words of affirmation, mm. uh, acts of service, gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Mm. We're not just talking about sex in a relationship. We're actually we're not going to talk about sex no, at all today. No, <laughs> I may be an interviewer, but not with my parents. We're not doing there that. There are limits, absolutely. Um, but you know, it can also you be can't just... say that word again. Okay, all right. Zip my lips. Um, beep. Uh, but it can be, you know, just touching, you know, somebody on the back or giving them a hug, that sort of thing. So those are the five love languages. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so mine are definitely quality time. Um, that's probably my number one. So I will run around the house following Doug if he isn't stopping and turning and looking at me and listening to me. I was like, Doug, Doug, and it's like I'm a little, is that right, puppy? Yes. A little puppy dog. Okay, just stop, listen to me. I need that quality time. Um, mm. So that's very important Which is what me. that me coming home in our early marriage yeah. was all about. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And that's quality time means kind of deep talk, not just about the weather. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what about you, Dad? Uh, I think we're lucky in as much as I probably, that's one of my love languages. I think giving me food is another one, <laughs> but I don't think it's on the official list, but it's actually pretty important. Um, <laughs> So all the things that are kind of like nice, if somebody spends their time and is conscious, maybe this is a little so bit like acts gifts. Of acts of service. Or, acts of service. Okay, acts of service, yeah. But if they know, know you well enough and care about you enough to actually specifically do something that they know you're going to like, just like you're really good, Lexi, at uh, you know creating... Um, homemade cards and, and doing books, photo and books. doing photo books that my and brothers doing... hate and have said that I will n- yeah. never allow <laughs> to do again. Yeah, but it went down better than, for instance, the African gifts. That's true. Yeah. They didn't like wooden <laughs> gifts from markets that I thought was so cool. Or Kenyan rugby shirts. Yeah, yeah. which also like, when are you going to get a Kenyan rugby shirt? Yeah. They were probably so saying, cool. when am I going to wear a Kenyan rugby shirt? Uh, <laughs> okay, so yeah. noted. And actually, and and. I remember talking to Ryan, talking about the boys, um, who's, yeah, 26. Um, I went up to him one day. I remember he was in his room, I don't know, doing some schoolwork. And he was in his teens. And I said, oh, we've just been talking about love languages. You know, what do you think yours is? And he said, oh, oh mum, could you go and get me a cup of tea? And I tottered out the room. And I said, that is his love language, which is mm. acts of service, you know. And, and he was cued into that. So right. doing things. So what do you think your his... love language is, I, Lexi? I, I've done the little test, which is very quick online test, which I recommend for free. Um, and mine came out as um, words of affirmation are my top. Yeah. yeah. And my second is um, physical affection. So just any kind of hug or like, you know, anything that just feels like validation. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that those two for me are probably the top. But it is interesting because even in our three relationships, I see how our, the way we're expressing and wanting to receive love can easily fall into conflict when you can't translate that love language. So yeah. Yeah. in, in um, 
I think, yeah, maybe acts of service is a good one for me that I don't often see as love. So I'm, if I don't, if I'm not hearing verbally, um, yeah, a, an expression of like, you know, just how you care about me or, or anything like that, then it doesn't matter if you're vacuuming my room, doing all my stuff in the house, mm. whatever, I can't see that you love me. So do you remember when we moved here in 2006 and you amazingly went straight off to college, to university mm-hmm. at 18? It was amazing. No one thought I'd get there, but I did. No, but you did. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I remember Beat after, the system. <laughs> after a couple of weeks, I'd call you, you know, probably what we usually would have, maybe three or, three or four days. Um, maybe a bit more often. And then there was a big blowout on one of our calls. Mm. And one point was, mum, you're not calling me every day and you're not even calling me twice a day like most of my friends are. And I'm thinking, what? Yeah. And this was the kind of culture here that yeah. mummy calls. And you're not in tears at the end of the I'm call. Because, because my I don't think I ever said that. No, yeah. but the That's other a thing, very exaggeration. The other thing I remember you saying was, you, and you don't say you love me, love yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think I was surrounded with a lot of, uh, yeah, there's an American culture that probably isn't everyone's, but the one I experienced with in college was um, mothers that, are very maybe more stereotypically nurturing or feminine in the ways that they're um, wanting to be in a lot of... Can I say that? um, I thought calling... Okay, so I disagree. (laughs) So in my my perspective, um, I I don't remember it as I need you to call every day. I remember it as I need you to initiate because I felt that you dropped me off and then that was my life. And I had to oh, call you. We were going to come back for you in a year. <laughs> and and I had friends that, yeah, friends that their mums were sending care packages and verbally. And I think that was the breakdown was that we never had to figure out our love languages when yeah. living under the same roof. But when far away, I I needed the verbal affirmation because I couldn't see the, the yeah. you know care and initiation of, of contact and what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. And so often you were calling to talk about a task or a th- thing that needed to be sorted out. Um, so I would be like, but I just want to call and just talk to you, which yeah. is a very role reversal that like, yeah, that's the yeah. stereotype of the kid in college that it's like, go away, mom, you're talking to me too much. And I felt yeah. like my mom doesn't really care what I'm doing. Um, which obviously wasn't true. Do we true. need therapy for this? <laughs> no, we're doing it right now. <laughs> which obviously wasn't true. But yeah, yeah. You, you brought that up and that's exactly, yeah. that was a breakdown. But then we talked about it and yeah. I expressed and, my needs, which yeah. felt very wimpy and vulnerable at the time, but actually I think helped us and helped you understand, yeah. oh, okay, so if I just say I love you at the end of the call, yeah. that's like... And there were lots yeah. of different things going on. I mean, not, and you're, you're totally right. Mm. Um, just get that on the table but also you know we just moved um Doug's job was transitioning and changing all the time in terms of his role and it was all pretty uh traumatic Mm. um to say the least with lots of stuff going on um and I was managing kind of or not even managing helping to hold him and you can speak for yourself in a minute um as well as the boys that were entering uh junior high school and seventh grade and didn't have any friends here and in a different culture. So, you know, that was also a time of transition. It's mm. therefore difficult to look out for others, which actually gets back to now. Yeah. We are all transitioning 
inside us now. We all commented that we all didn't sleep well last night mm-hmm. and I think there's more stuff happening that we're reading big picture as well as locally. Um, and therefore it's harder to reach out to be generous and kind, mm-hmm. isn't it? Because I'm in survival mode for me. Especially the people that you're around 24-7. Yeah, like I can I get on a Zoom call and a happy hour you know, with my friends virtually and be fine. Yeah. But be annoyed with you for no reason, just yeah. because I am. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Doug? <laughs> the introvert. I think the I think one of the interesting things is, that you've both pulled out is that uh, when we talk about love languages that seem incredibly obvious to ourselves, they can be misunderstood by the other person. So I was thinking about acts of service, right? Mm-hmm. Which is uh, your love language, which you offer to other people, but. To other people, that can feel like you're trying to actually have control over their lives. Or mother their daughter. Yeah. Right, whatever. you know, yeah. and, and such like. And the other reflection I had is some of this is generational. So, I mean, yeah. at the moment, we, we're, we're not talking about that, but we were, but a lot of people are actually sort of either living with their parents or parents have got, you know, have, have kids around or whatever. And, you know, as a generation, we weren't brought up. I wasn't brought up to think that I ought to sort of be in contact on a regular mm. basis once I'd left home. Yeah. We used um, to line up at a telephone box in university yeah. and call once a week. Once a week, if, if lucky. Mm. Um, and, you know, when I went to Africa on my first job, I wrote a letter once a month to my mother. And, you were, and that was it. Were you 20, mm. 21 then? I was 21. Yeah. So wild, yeah. So that you know, so there, there possibly there's some generational differences yeah. in expectation in this as well. Yeah, and I think, and just the verbalizing that the relationship. I think we've talked on privately, not on a podcast, but about how mothers and daughters now are quite different to their to way back. Like my relationship with my mother wasn't kind of warm and fuzzy. Oh, I love you and all this stuff, which is fine, but. Um, you know, I think that makes it very difficult to be, well, f- for me to change because ha- I've had to learn to be different. It's a new, you don't have a template for it. You don't yeah. have a yes, model for absolutely. it. Yeah. yeah. So, Whereas now it's mother and daughter. So, what and am best I? Friends. So, if I ever have a kid or whatever, or if I find one <laughs> down the road, then, like, what's going to happen? In like, the how, gutter. What are they going to expect and need and yeah. want? And, like, how am I going to, yeah, figure out? And one that wonders out. if yeah. this whole time now we know that. It's going to be different afterwards. Yeah. You know, how is that with mothers who I my heart goes out to, you know, talking to having children that they're trying to do a job at home, they're trying to manage their children's education and be full time teachers, and be you know keep the house going. It's like oh my gosh, my heart yeah. goes out to all of you. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really oof. unprecedented times. So so back to the kind of theme of couples and coping so you two so you you reference that you've been in a place like this before and i know you guys have both worked together under the same roof brought up family and you know as expats um so is there anything from that time that you think could mirror this time that would potentially help people or think that through yeah i'll let anna kind of like talk to her experience my experience is that this is feels very much like a emergency crisis type situation. We did relief work in a just post-war um, situation that was totally chaotic in West Africa and Liberia. 
uh, following the civil war in the ni- early 90s. With the two children who were two with, of three. Yeah, with four. a four and two year old at the time. And, and basically it was chaotic. It was like Monday you had a planning meeting uh, about what you were going to try and achieve as a, as a team that week. And by Tuesday, it all changed. All the rules had changed. What and, did you do? Yeah, and the security of this road had changed and that road had changed and this rule had changed. And basically, we weren't trying to do this now. and We couldn't do that. And you just had to constantly, you know, everybody loves this word pivoting. But basically, we pivoted every day. You Way know? back in it was like <laughs> It was like you flexed and you flexed and you flexed. And I think there's an element where living in this kind of like middle kind of like time of, of we're out of one room, not into the room that we want to go in. We're in this dark hallway searching for the light switch. Um, in that place, you just have to sort of keep, um, keep going with, with, with whatever. And when, we started to add, and when we start to actually think about living together, then, um, then basically... Yeah, I mean, there's lots of stuff. Because I was yeah. thinking about Liberia. That triggers off for me that we got to the point that we went to bed at night. And I'm not going to talk about that word, but we went to bed at night. And there was none of that word because we were just talking about business. And actually our relationship became very, it was fine to everybody else. It was very functional. We were talking about stuff, weren't arguing, but there was no tenderness, intimacy, yeah. sharing about what was going on. It was very us. tense. We it was very stressful. Yeah. We were functioning. It became very business-like. And, you know, we managed that for a year, but eventually we realized well, that... more and more. We were was, saying this can't go on. Yeah, we just said, you know, we, we're not going to be able to put up with this much pressure yeah. this long. And that all sounds like it was very clear, but it wasn't. We took a long while, unusually, I think, for us, but I think, yeah, we, we took a long while struggling with, we've got to make this work. We could do this, we could do that. And in the end, we decided, no, we actually have to get out of this situation and so, you know, that, that involved mm. us transitioning back to uh, Amsterdam, actually. But, um, but also fortunate difficult. that you were both on the same page with that. Because yeah. if one of you didn't think that was an issue because you felt the job was more important or, you know, something like that, that could have been yeah. detrimental. But yeah. the fact that both of you were putting your relationship above the circumstance yeah. in some way. I think yeah. we've been lucky in as much as we are quite similar in how we think and how we get to conclusions but I think there's also an element that the longer you stay together and the more that you talk you know work through a relationship the more you actually become similar because we certainly weren't very similar when we started off no there was there was tons of fireworks and lots of smashing together because you and I both came from very different (laughs) families I had therapy um but yeah, no. you were just in denial for an awful long time thanks <laughs> you <laughs> always say you were the good girl and he was, the, was the bad he boy. was the bad boy yeah. and but, but, you know, but so what yeah. really happened is that we eventually worked out that she was just the denial denied bad girl and i was actually <laughs> the real good person <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's, that's the, the end of the story <laughs> yeah but yeah, but it, you know, I think again, part of it is being honest with yourself. And we've come back to stuff we talked about another time about having time on your own, even in this season, finding a space somewhere in the house mm. to look at and having silence and working out, well, what is going on inside of me 
rather than projecting it onto Doug. And I know I often used to project stuff onto you and you used to project stuff onto me. Yeah. Um, so I find this little 15 minutes with, I use this little Headspace app and I, this 15 yeah. minutes of sort of sitting down and just trying to be quiet. I mean, it may not be super successful every day, but it actually does actually sort of calm me down. So what do you actually do? I mean, it's meditation. What do app. I do? It's, yeah. a, it's a little meditation mm-hmm. app, but what it yeah. basically does is it takes you through and works you through, okay, just, just relax and, and just do a big deep breath and then look at your body and relax each of your body and where are you? And then you basically start to focus just on resting on your breath. And, and while I'm doing that, I'm not going 300 miles an hour running yeah. around with all sorts of things running mm, my, yeah. around You're my head. You're And I, yeah. as a result, and you get into the practice of it, and it, it does, it sort of grounds me for the day. Yeah, and that's something I think we've both been learning and doing more over the last few years, and certainly for me too, looking, you know, having that space and focusing on the breath and then it kind of equips you for the day and I notice the days that I don't do it and I started mm. off with a few minutes and then it gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it helps keep my centre in the middle of all this and in the middle of relationships mm. and with us as a couple, I think it's really helped us even now. We had a big blowout the other night and it was funny because Le- Lexi, you came down in the morning. I don't think we She was on a Zoom this. call. She was on a Zoom and she came down. I oh, I had her. to mute it, she said, because you were arguing. Yep. Uh, I had to mute my call with my friends because they were arguing. My parents were arguing. Luckily, it wasn't work. It was an evening. (laughs) And so, and yeah, I had to mute my side. And then I was like, came down the next morning. I was like, what were you arguing about? That sounded so intense. It sounded massive. And they were like, oh, I don't know. Something about the vacuum or something. No, it was putting away away the inflatable boat. Putting away the inflatable boat. So needless to say, you guys have come a massive long way and obviously like, you know, like invested a lot of time into your own mental health and personal anchors and things you need to be equipped yourself to then build a relationship together. But it doesn't mean you don't argue now. (laughs) That's the case. Still is this time. We're all total work in in progress. Yeah, and I think there was one couple when I was growing up who said, a, a, a friend's parents who said, oh, we never argue. And you tend to, I think I then tended to think, well, that's my goal to get to the point that I never argue. Because you, you were the good girl. Because mm. I was a good girl. But if, if you don't argue, if, if you don't have discussions about things, if you don't disagree, and yes, there's a way of doing that, well then, you know, I don't think you're really real. I don't think it's even a relationship. Because you're just mm. in parallel. But I do know some connected. relationships that are just not, they're people that aren't intense. I have yeah. to say, you two are quite passionate, and, intense, yeah. opinionated, and a, and a strong, stubborn, <laughs> yeah, independent that, people. Oh yeah, my gosh. No, that does describe your so, mother well. I love you both yeah. so much, and I I'm obviously I'm very fiery, similar. passionate, and um, very intelligent. But apart okay, from that. okay. So, so oh, there are people dear. that are not, that yeah. don't Different. have that intensity, so maybe conflict doesn't sound like our. Yeah. Arguing in that way, maybe yeah. it's just being mm. moody, or maybe it's or uh, sulking. Uh, a lot of being people... passive, or yeah. not wanting to address something. There's all sorts so... of ways it comes out according to your temperament. Yeah, but I mean, going back to where we almost started off, I think that it 
it just comes down to really small decisions about being kind. Mm. I, I was thinking about that sort of song, Tim McGraw's song, you know, be kind and humble. And That's very now you're a country fan. Very so country, because we live in the South it. now. Um, but, but actually just choosing the kind thing, you know, moment by moment has taken me how long we've been married? 34, uh, 35 years? Is it an odd year or an even year? It's an even year. So 30, anyway, whatever. A lot. <sighs> a lot. And, um, and, and that's what I've learned. Every time I get a choice, I've, I have a choice between what's the kind thing to do or what's the easy, lazy thing to do usually is my choice. So, <laughs> um, and that's a battle. It's still a battle every day. And, that's about... and what pushes you to decide to be kind when you don't feel like it and you don't see your partner doing it? Because I know out of all the experience of all the other times I was kind that things actually went a lot better, including for me, as a result mm. of making those little investments. They're like little investments. And it's just like, you know, the time before the stock exchange sort of blew up and <laughs> disappeared. It was like all those little investments all added up to actually a really big mountain of emotional goodwill. Yeah. I think for me too, it's about thinking, no, it's about my ego and surrendering and things go better if I get out of the way and if I let go. Um, which whether you're from a person of you know faith, which is like, dying to self, crucified with Christ, or letting go, or surrender, or letting the universe have its way, whichever language you use. Mm. It's like what all the spiritual teachers talk about, and it's hard. Mm. So Untethered Soul would be a great book if anybody wants to, <laughs> to mm. do that by Michael Singer. That, and there's a great podcast, mini podcast with Oprah about that. Mm. But it, it, it's, it's hard, yeah, fail a lot, yeah. all the time. So, um, and in terms of um, building intimacy in this time, so um, not going into the S word, but going into just other words. So, um, <laughs> so in terms of couples that you're, you're kind of a lot of what you're talking about is just the communication and foundation you had to begin with or that you've built that enables all these other things that you can increase. But say a couple or people, even roommates, are living together and people right now that relationally um, don't have that already or have a newer relationship that they haven't yet built that, like what, what ways would you say you can start to build that in this time when you're trapped together? So I, talking, but I think the main way we do that again, according to Gottman, the marriage guru, is you have to kind of work out and build and learn a map of the other person's interior world. That's a kind of like a basic foundation. So if I can understand Doug, what motivates him, what he likes, uh, what he doesn't like, then I can kind of get inside his head more. So I don't in like, a healthy way. Don't like you telling me to be quiet. No, well, we won't go there because you are very noisy sometimes. Um, but if we know that, it can help um, deepen the relationship because it's not on the surface, which is hard because it means we have to be vulnerable ourselves as they want to, un as Doug wants to understand me and understand my world. Um, mm -hmm. It's caring enough about somebody else that you 
decide that I'm going to take the bother and energy to understand the difference and how they feel about things, which is different than how I think about things. So most of, you know, almost everything we've just talked about, I think is true, not just at the level of a married couple or a partner's, but it's actually true about f close friends, sometimes cl true about close business working relationships. You know, I mean, tr figuring out the love language of your boss is actually a pretty good idea if you want yeah, to get on in the world. It's true. And, and also what I'm hearing is just curiosity. And to be honest, that's why I'm stuck single because so I, gonna... I am on these dating apps right now, which is another whole subject that we could go into another time, which is dating online in this time. Obviously, the yeah. physicality is not yeah. there. And so yeah. people are diving into these apps and me too. And I just got a bit curious. And but what I'm lacking is I'm asking people, you know, so how are you coping with isolating and I'm ready to share all the ways that I'm trying to see things mm -hmm. as opportunities or things I want to like the intentions I have for this time. And people are just like, I'm just so bored or I'm just trying to keep busy or they, I just had some <laughs> psycho guy for like ages today just say really weird things. Or I'm being a bit weird because I keep messaging doctors on there because I just feel like they're doing such an amazing service right now. Anyone in the healthcare. Aww. So when I, I see on my dating app a, a male that's in, in the healthcare profession, I just message him and tell him thank you for all you're Aww. doing and I hope yeah, you're doing what well. What might come of that? I don't, I'm not attracted to any of them, but I, um, but you know, I just want them to know from a dating app what a fun surprise to get a thank you from that angle. I just Aww. thought that'd be nice. That's what I've been doing. Anyway, um, so yeah, so from that side of things, I'm also finding just a lack of curiosity and people right now could be digging into, so how do you tick? Yeah. Like in a time like this, when you've got nothing else, like, you know, very little, like fully consuming you, um, where does your mind go to? What are, what's taking up your interest? Like, what, so what's your intentions? So you're finding people are responding to this? No, that's what uh, I'm saying. Yeah, that other so people saying, are curious. I'm yeah. saying that that has been one of my main... Maybe that's a love language of mine in some ways. It's just... Wanting to, wanting, wanting to be understood. Want to be understood and be, um, yeah, intentionally curious. But I hear throughout your conversation too that to you you need that curiosity in your partner so yeah. if you've been with them and you're like you know another week with them what like there's nothing else to learn here or i know that he likes this show or there's nothing else to talk about getting curious about yeah. huh what haven't i asked him before or how do i yeah. you know yeah. and there's some great things online you can do icebreakers uh, yeah. for couples or oh, um, cringe though yeah, yeah cringe. but some <laughs> of them can be good but, but yeah but curiosity yeah. is Curiosity takes effort. Yeah, and, and energy. And yeah. I think people are like onion rings, right? You know, if you're really curious, you, you go through the onion rings mm. of people and you're not satisfied with just the superficial understanding that you currently have. But lots of people don't want to make that type of effort. And your eyes might weep as you get deeper to the core. Sometimes okay. you really are cheesy. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work. Yeah. Uh, I think I think one analogy for the onion ring with me is like, or maybe it's not an onion ring, but just like a tunnel of fog. Or I don't know, but like something <laughs> you can't you can't or ever a... see the bottom of because <laughs> there's something about um, we just went when, when you're most injured. Maybe I'm just in it's a in the hallway mood. without the switch. <laughs> but when you're really for me that the it sounds like 
in a relationship, the most interesting thing about it is to be known and to know someone else so fully. But the other interesting thing is that people are constantly evolving and you'll never fully know them. And, and yes. so not yeah. assuming that that thing they liked two weeks ago is now the same. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, yes, the onion, um, layers and like peeling back those layers, but maybe that layer is a whole new layer that you need yeah. to re-question and, yeah. and be curious about. And, and yeah. if, if you can do that in this time of isolation, then yeah. you actually invest into the whole future where we're not locked yeah. up and essentially something really valuable comes of this time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We've all got to dig for the gold in, you know, kind of like this well, whole load of coal. Pretty deep yeah. thing to end on, I yeah. reckon. Yeah, and how Gosh. we can keep curious about each other yeah. in this time. And our friends. And our friends yeah. and the people around us. And allowing yeah. each other to change. And I think yeah. often we don't like yeah. people changing because when there's been times when Doug has changed in different ways, and I'm sure for me it's like, oh, no, change back, because I knew what to do then. I knew what to say, mm. and I knew what he was going to think. But if he starts to change, but that's when and we a allow lot of each our, other to I mean, one that. last thought was a lot of our feelings at the moment are fear. Mm. And fear is difficult for people to talk about. So you have yeah. to be kind of like very gentle in how we, mm. you know, are curious about people's fear. Yeah. Yeah. And when we're in fight and flight, and freeze mode and we're not in a and we're in that place of fear we're not going to be creative and curious also yeah so then we have to shift out of that to then get to the but place this is the creative and curious podcast uh, there you go <laughs> right well on that note we'll yeah. see you all some other time when we get back stay to this stay curious week. yeah and boys do better on dating apps <laughs> <laughs> thanks dad oh boy Thank you. Pleasure.